You're listening to the Kindling Rhythms podcast by Restore Houston Church. In John chapter 21, Jesus built a kindling fire for his friend Peter, who was at a low place in his life. His shame and failures were defining everything for him. But Jesus will not let shame and failure have the last word in Peter's life. And in an act of love, Jesus built a kindling fire to serve as a meeting place between himself and Peter. A broken Peter meets with Jesus around this fire, and Jesus gently restores Peter, showing him love, giving him grace, and empowering him to live the life that Jesus had called him to. In this beautiful moment, the whole direction of Peter's life changes. Kindling Rhythm strives to follow in the tradition of that same kindling fire that Jesus built for Peter. By creating a meeting space where your shame and failure give way to the love of Jesus. Where grace restores even the most broken parts of your life and you can find rest knowing that he deeply cares for you. May you also, just like Peter, find him in this space. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Kindling Rhythms podcast. I'm Phil Caselli, the teaching and research intern at Restore Houston. And today we're going to be finishing up our series on the Assembly of God. So the series is called Assembly Required because this focus on the assembly or the the gathering of people is really what the church is all about. We have a common um, sort of misnomer really in the Western world and I'm sure in a lot of other places that the church is a building or a place. And I don't know, some people at length have heard this before, but it really is important again to reflect on the fact that the church is the people, not a place. It's not a building. And if we have this idea of the church or the assembly, this body of Christ, it helps us to really reshape how we think about our relationships and what it means to live among one another, um, both inside the church and then as we go out into the world. And that's what this last um, this last sermon was really about it was focusing on this idea of mutual submission as to Christ and then viewing those in light of certain relationships and how we go out into the world. So in the series, we were using this idea of like a, a IKEA table or some kind of table that you have to build together. And this, this table and the people around it are the church. So at the beginning, we had people that... Um, if we don't really know what we're looking for, people are going to be fighting and vying for to have their opinion, to have their way of building this table correctly, uh, be the be the way they do it. And people might be trying to use different materials, things that don't belong in the table, so on and so forth. And so once we have this clear view of what the church is, what this table should look like, and that we submit to Christ's authority, And um, really, I mean, we submit to his authority, one, because he's God, but really we submit to his authority because he's loving and compassionate and merciful. It's not a, it's not really something that you really have to feel like you're giving up anything because he's going to lead well, I lead perfectly. And so the only things we're really having to give up, which is what, we go into when we're starting to form around the table is our our own self-interests, our um, 
things we used to do, which we're only really concerned about building up ourselves, uh, money and power and security and honor and all these things that may not be an evil in and of themselves, but when focused inward, when focused only on ourselves, especially at the expense of others, that becomes the problem. And so once we get into the church, we're now concerned with everybody else around us. Those should be those people that we're in these relationships with, that we're friends with, should be our first priority. Because that's how Christ lived his life. He was rightfully the king of all of creation, of all the earth. But he willingly gave up that in his life on earth to fulfill his purpose and to show us what a life lived according to how God intended really looked. Um, and so he kind of flipped these ideas of what was right when it comes to power and authority and honor in society on its head. And so in the church, we're supposed to move past all that stuff we used to be like. Um, and in Ephesians 5 and 6, Paul shows these relationships where you might have had other ideas and the Ephesians might have had other ideas of what these relationships look like. Well, he's going to reframe them in light of what that means, uh, what these relationships mean in the church and how that makes you a light into the world, exposing the darkness as you go out. So he talks about husbands and wives. He talks about servants and masters, and he talks about um, parents and children. And then he talks about the church collectively uh, as we go into the end of six, chapter six, about putting on the armor of God. And so uh, it's important to remember, first of all, that these are examples of relationships. They're not all of the relationships that um, they had at the time or that we have now. They're, they're sort of key examples that can help that are really the most common ones, I think, in their society um, and the ones that he really wanted to hone in on much. But again, they're not at all fully representative of every relationship out there. And so, but with these relationships, we can sort of form a guide to show how it would be relevant in all these other relationships. So we should be thinking, okay, in husband and wife, mutual submission to each other, uh, looking out for each other's needs first, um, not thinking of self-betterment or how am, am I enjoying this more? Am I doing, um, am I doing my, like, or you know, am I doing what I'm supposed to or are they doing what they're supposed to? You know, it's not, that's the kind of thinking we're trying to move past and move more towards thinking in love and compassion and mercy. And so, Instead of these relationships where we use the other person to get what we want, however subtle that may be, we're going to use these relationships to emulate Christ. And in doing so, we submit in service to one another, and that honors Christ. In that way, we submit to Christ. And so that's why he really, Paul, really tries to, to use verse 21 to to kind of cover all of the rest of what he's going to say. 
we can't view these relationships ideas outside of the context of and submit to each other, one another as to Christ, because that's what guides all of it. And so um, we can use that to help reflect stuff in our society today. Like um, it's not servant master, but um, boss, you know, employer, employee, um, teacher, student, um, you know, there's uh, cashier, customer, um, employee, customer, you know, in general. And so if we take these ideas, take this understanding of who Christ is and who we are now as part of the church in Christ, we'll begin to start to form a worldview that when we go out into these situations, we can apply this framework without having to need a specific list or guideline, a specific, you know, set of things to check off of, you know, am I living as to Christ well? And do whatever you need to do to help, you know, build reminders or whatever. But the point is, is that we should begin to take what we've learned here and start to apply it to all these other relationships. Because as we do that, we're going to show the world really what the, who the church is, who Christ is. And if we don't make a conscious effort to reframe how we're thinking, how we're feeling about things, how we're behaving towards other others, all this stuff. If we're not really, first of all, if we're not having that rooted firmly in an actual heart and mind change and not just a, a belief that we need to have a behavior change, these things should all come naturally over time from our submission to Christ and realizing that his way really is better than the ways we thought are better. And his ways are are good and pure and lovely. I mean, life just is better when you're living like Christ. It's not always easier. In fact, it can be a lot harder, but it is definitely better. And you, there's a joy in life and a joy from um, how you see it affecting people and yourself that really just doesn't come from anything else. And so I try and I, I challenge you to try to remember as you discuss these things is that there's a whole world of relationships out there that how we live affects how people think of the church and of Christ. And I don't do that to try to create all this extra anxiety and stress on you, but to say that we have a chance every day in the things we do to really show the love of Christ and put others first instead of ourselves. And so that's what we kind of want to to reflect on in this series. So um, I'm really, uh, really glad I got to explore this with y'all. And um, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more later from um, all that we've um, learned and grown into.